Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comedy in Motion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and today I am not with Dave. We have better presenters on today, Dave, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not here, I can say whatever I want. We have the wonderful Mike and Megan, so welcome, guys. Wonderful, Hello. thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a lot of fun being on here again. I think, so I think we did episode, I think it was two. I think we did the, the two of us together. Yeah, uh, so I can't it's remember. A great ride being on there for the finale. It is, and, and that was my mistake, guys. I do apologise because I should have been on there and something came up for me, so thank you for doing that. But we are here for the last episode of the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode six, the grand finale, and I am so excited to talk about this. So, where do you want to start, Michael, Megan? Um, I guess a, a general overview of, I think, kind of what we expected from the series, what it delivered, and then we go into the narrative, I guess, with what I my vagueness would be, because, like when it came to the show like when uh, WandaVision was announced and this show I was more interested by WandaVision on the basis that I was a bit more like like this is going to be a cool show but I kind of I thought I knew what I was going to get and it was just going to be basically Captain America the movies but in a series and obviously it does have that but it has a lot more um, so I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of depth uh, this has had both for social commentary and also uh, sort of the characters and things so what about you Megan? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't overly fussed about about watching the show to begin with, because like, I like Marvel, but Captain America and that franchise is probably he's probably my least favorite. Whereas it's my favorite out so. of all of them. <laughs> You're a Thor girl. That's Mine's, why. I'm Thor. I love Thor. If there's a Thor series. You, well, there is Loki. Isn't there? Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the one that you of the that's three. The you've I'm been the most excited for, for Loki. Whereas, so, yeah, I, I wasn't overly fussed about watching it. So I don't think my expectations were that high, really, because I don't really like the franchise that much of that well that individual captain america franchise so when we rewatched it recently you you said you liked it a bit more i enjoyed did, it more but... than the first time watching it yeah so i was pleasantly surprised as well because i just don't think that i had much hopes because i wasn't really that fussed to begin with but i actually <laughs> yeah. really did enjoy it so <laughs> you're hurting chris because it's like his favorite thing sorry <laughs> no actually no megan you don't know you're not wrong because it was actually dave who put me on properly to captain america and it sounds so stupid because i'd watched them before and Dave's like, this is the best trilogy. And I still say Endgame is my favourite over all of them. I know a lot of people say Infinity War and that, but Captain America, I have just completely f- fell in love with the character over the last uh, about last year or so, going back and watching them. But I totally get it. WandaVision isn't my bag. I, I wasn't a fan of Doctor Strange. So anything, WandaVision was great, but the idea of WandaVision, I was like, mm, yeah. And that, yeah. the first two episodes with that, whole bewitched thing and I dream a genie stuff. I felt, I still say that. I said it, I know I'm like a broken record. It was too long. Two, the first two episodes ruined it and they were the two that they released. And then after that, it was brilliant. I thought it was really good. But this is me, just pure violence, pure nonsense, <laughs> MCU stuff, plenty of laughs, plenty of Easter eggs. So I totally get it. Again. But I would say Thor Ragnarok is in my top three by a mile. Thor, I love uh, it. I can't. Thor Ragnarok is literally one of my favourite movies ever. We've I it. love that film so together, much. Like anytime it comes up in there's like, so Mike's obviously got his after um, the Patreon and on yeah. Afterthoughts, we always talk about movies. And Thor Ragnarok literally comes up in every single one because I love that film so like much. Every, like it was a running joke that we talk about any film and she could somehow mention Thor Ragnarok <laughs> at some point. And then we actually have watched it and things yeah. and we've got it recorded. But yeah, Thor Ragnarok is absolute top tier. So I am excited about uh, Loki and stuff, even though obviously in theory Thor's not going to be in it, but we'll we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, fact, it's interesting the sort of three different, I'm hoping they're going to be quite different, you know, Loki to 
WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but like I was most excited for WandaVision, but I feel like I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier more. Yeah. I feel like WandaVision was a very much like a whodunit sort of thing. And it was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? How did this? And then it ends and he goes, oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. And then that's the end yeah. of it. And you go, well, that had some cool wits in it, but it kind of was a it's bit a, more It's kind of a substance. different genre though, isn't it? It's a different genre of TV show. Yeah. Like yeah. WandaVision is kind of more of, of a sitcom based. Yeah, but I just think the weight of this show, it's, the episodes are longer, but they are, there's less of them, but I just think every episode kind of packs much more into it. WandaVision kind of felt maybe a bit more drawn out. I feel like if WandaVision was in maybe four or five episodes that were longer, that would have been much better, I yeah. think. Yeah. So I think they nailed it with this. I like that Disney Plus are basically releasing stuff how the show fits like you know mandalorian is eight episodes that yeah. kind of vary a little bit in length whereas i, I like I, I don't like the netflix formula where it's like okay for the next two years everything released has got 13 episodes no matter what and it just doesn't some of the marvel <laughs> things that i love like daredevil i know you love daredevil but like i love some of the netflix stuff but occasionally i'm just like you don't need 13 episodes maybe he's rain yeah. in a little bit so I, I like that aspect of it no, and I think you're right there, Mike, because one of the things you Daredevil, as much as I absolutely love the Daredevil, even the second series, Evan says, and what goes the first and the third, is you got that random we're episode with Karen. Oh, right. Oh, so hang on. I won't say anything. Yeah, I am currently partway through series Sorry. two. I've, I haven't I've seen, seen it. it. <laughs> right, okay. I, I've seen series two. I haven't seen series three, but we're, we're only on like the second or third episode, yeah. I think. Sorry. Is the Punisher in it now? Is yeah. It, is it, yeah. yeah. John, and I love the Punisher as well, but I agree. And I'm, I, you know what? I'm so glad you stopped me then because I was just about to ruin that thinking you'd seen it, guys. So sorry. <laughs> but, but there's an episode in the third series where you're like, I'm sure that should have been in the first series. It feels out of context. It felt like they were just filling it in, almost like the Breaking Bad one where he follows a fly oh, around. You know, oh because my the, god, it's so that bad episode. that episode because of the Writers Guild thing and all that. And I was into Prison Break at the time, and that went off at halfway through a series. But it, I agree, Mike. As much as I loved them, and the Punisher was the same. The Punisher's got some proper slow episodes in that series. So, so I think you're right. I was gutted this for six episodes, but I think having watched it, I'm like, oh, it's perfect. I, I, I think it's perfect. I do. And I agree with WandaVision. It, it was a comedy, Megan, you saw, right? It's like a, a sort of sitcom, uh, not, almost like a mockumentary on it, looking behind the camera. Yeah. And all. I, I, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it at the end, but this is just me completely. So, yeah. No, some good points. I, I'm, I'm dead pleased that you like Ragnarok, though, because I always rave about it as well. I think it's a great film. So we're always uh, talking yeah. about that. We, we, in fact, film. your aunt, who um, over lockdown, she just uh, had... Megan's cousin. My aunt is currently re my, my aunt's watching all of the Marvel movies, and, and she's, she's just watched the Ragnarok. She was like, "Yeah, I've been watching all of the MCU movies, you know." And then I skipped the odd one, like Captain Marvel. But she was like, "But I, I watched all of them, uh, really, and they're, they're all pretty good." But that Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> God, that's brilliant, isn't it? And Megan was like, "Oh my God, there's another person." That like, any time Megan finds out someone's watched Thor Ragnarok, she's just like, "Yes." <laughs> oh, so good, so good. So anyway, sorry guys, so, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So <laughs> last week's episode, we got like. Sam had got delivered a parcel. It was pretty obvious it was going to be a new suit. And we start off with him. And what, what I liked about this episode was it was just pure action from start to finish. There was, mm. there was no, it wasn't really any any quiet bits, maybe a little bit in the middle, but nothing that you take away from action. But I could tell 100% what was coming because Sam was talking to Bucky, he was talking to Carter. He was talking, you know, uh, John Walker was obviously going to come at one point, but I knew that we were going to get him in a suit of some sort. So what did you guys think of the suit? Because I was blown away by it. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Mm. I like the fact that they 
sometimes when you have someone in a new suit, what they do for the first like five, 10 minutes is constantly tease it. And I'm glad they didn't do that the whole time. I'm glad, I think after the first, like once the action scene is all started, Sam, you kind of see him for a second and then second, and then he stands and you get to see it pretty much straight away rather than doing that sort of, oh, you're going to see it. Oh, it's in a silhouette. They yeah. revealed it quite quickly. And I think the colours work really, really well. And I like the fact that he's got the sort of goggles on and he's got the, the falcon wings. I like how he's... It's he's just not, like how they've just merged. Yeah, he's not lost his yeah. identity. And I think that's what a lot of this, this whole, I think the theme that I'm only just realizing now, the theme of this whole series is identity. You've got John yeah. Walker struggling with his identity of trying to be this good person and coming short. You've got Bucky trying to be a good person and being who he wants to be, not who he was. And you've got, you know, um, Sam trying to work out if he wants to be a black Captain America, because that's obviously yeah. got a lot of weight to it in both as a symbol, but also as his identity. So it's, it's a lot of intriguing things put together. And I think that from the bat, when you see his suit, it is just, it works so well. It's different enough without it. So it's individual, but it's not like so yeah. different that it's completely out of left field. No, and Dave actually messaged me guys just before saying, whether you know this, Michael Megan, but he said, it's absolute double of one of the suits that Sam wears in the comics, apparently. So I've hey, that's I, mean, cool. I don't read the comics, but he said it's pretty much beat for beat. That he wears. And what I do like is because Sam's not got the super serum and he, I know he mentions it at the end, then wings are his equalizer against people who have got the super serum because they they give him that edge that he needs. Because with John Walker, great character, Wyatt Russell, such a horrible bastard, one he but, but <laughs> so 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 good as a guy, as an actor, so convincing that you wanted him to fail. But when he didn't have the super serum, he was like, you're just a good soldier. You're not gonna. It's almost like Scott. I, I can never get over Scarlett Johansson. Like you, you, we always laugh about it. I think you've talked about this, Mike, when we've done the, done the podcast. She's got the pea shooter, the six shooter, uh, Smith and Weston in the first one. She's not got superpowers or anything. She's just a, like a super spy, isn't she? Really, but it always makes me laugh how she still holds her own with everyone, and so does uh, Clint as well. He's not got anything. So, so I think that's nice with Sam that he. He hasn't got the powers. There's no. I thought there may be in an episode where he ends up with it inserted into him by even if he didn't want it to even the field. But I like the way they've progressed and 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 his his morals are there as a, as a Captain America. So I think that's absolutely perfect. I think. Mm, yeah, I agree, and I think that because it was sent from uh, Wakanda, his suit, the yeah. the sort of it, that's insinuating it's got the sort of vibranium uh, vibranium into the sewed into the fabric and therefore it's basically bulletproof kind of like well then it also matches with the shield doesn't it because that's also made out yeah. of the same material and i think his wings because yeah. the wings came from them as well it means that so his wings are very thick vibranium and then he's got the shield that's vibranium and also his um suit has got some degree of protection i don't know if it would survive like a point blank shotgun blast but it's probably quite durable if it's got vibranium in there so i just think it's one of those where he's got the equipment He's got the know-how and I like how he's got the tech stuff. Like at the start, you see him with his goggles and he can see like the footprints and things. I yeah. know he's got that, I think anyway, um, but I like how he, because he doesn't have the super serum, he has to use other elements. It's kind of like Batman in an Iron Man in that way, whereas like they don't have anything special. So they have to train to be better. You know, Thor yeah. can be this sort of bumbling idiot sometimes because he's so unfathomably powerful, he can almost not die. So it doesn't matter. But Sam could easily get killed. So I, I like how, as you say, they're kind of uh, evening the playing field a bit. Yeah, he's really good. He's really good. And and, and I think as, as the episode gone, Carter... See, see, the lady who plays Carter, Sam used to watch a medic, a, a one called, oh, is it Revenge? I don't know if you guys ever watched it. I've, I've heard, heard of, of it, but I haven't yeah, seen it. It was well, I ended up watching pretty much the first series with Sam, and then fell off when she was watching. But, but uh, that lady actually played it. She, um, 
she's basically her dad gets killed by this rich family and she comes back as someone else but to kill basically the whole family sort of thing or the mother and the dad and stuff and i think it got cancelled in the end so i know her really well and she's never played and then she's in some sam watches some medical one she looks like er and things like that but there's one it's not er but there's a different one that she watches and she's in it as a doctor and so oh, so well. i know her, i know her as an actor and i'm trying what's her name i'm trying to find a bloody name that's so bad i should have known her name but i sort of felt she was too she wasn't going to be a goodie and i think that reveal that she's the power broke i mean i don't know who the power broke is is that like a big character mike or megan you know i don't know it is i don't actually I know just think it's the, the person that's kind of, oh i mean i don't know based on the comics but just based on what i've seen from the six episodes of falcon and the winter soldier it's just Person. Isn't she the per well the person that's in control of the mad madrigar ma what's it called the flag smashers? Do you mean it's where they are? It's the it's the like oh, the, place the, that the, she's on because oh, she gets banished, doesn't she? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, and she supplies. She's, the super I think the serum, yeah, she? I think the power broker is just the person that is kind of like okay, the gang girl. boss. Yeah, of like yeah. Ma Madripa or Mod or whatever it was called. It was I, something I, like I, that. I can't remember yes. what it's called, but I think she was distributing the Super Soldier Serum as well. She's the yeah. one Carly was like texting in the early yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think. Uh, yeah, she's a baddie. I mean, I, when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like thinking about it, I was like, well, that does make sense. I, I thought that the Power Broker might have been sort of a, a, just a behind the scenes baddie that you don't hear about until several films down the line. You know, maybe the next Captain America film, if they're going to call it that or whatever. Like, I. but then when it was her, I was like, oh, okay, that's. It's not a surprise because obviously there's the episode, I think episode three or four, and it's, she goes full on John Wick. I think it's the yeah. episode that's directed by the guy who made John Wick. Oh yeah, uh, it's Chad, there by Skidley those like little like... Yeah, and it was really well done. It was really cool. But when you saw that, you go, okay, she's a bit too badass and she's quite ruthless. And then you see her kill the person with the mercury thing she puts on that guy's back when he gets into the van. Oh yeah. He's like yes. melting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, true Whoa. that. I'd, yeah, you know what, Mike? It's gate point because I was thinking, I'm thinking, oh, hang on a minute. That's a bit naughty for a goodie because John, obviously John had killed that guy the episode, well, on the back end of episode four, Annie, with his shield. And that was the whole journey in episode five was really about him and his sort of uh, disgrace coming off Captain America. So that's a great point. And I think as well, I know the guys who, like Dave will know probably who it is and some of the other guys listening, they'll know the guy, I don't characters who are all of them we're, the, seen we're on the, the three least knowledgeable people when it yes, comes to the yeah. comics like. <laughs> but they're all screaming now going you don't know anything you people you know but um <laughs> but we're, you know, we'll just wing it for what it is but batrock as well again is george st pierre he is obviously ex-ufc champion one of the greatest ever and he's had a great part in this and it looks like he has been killed off because it was a three-way sort of Russian standoff on it. He was going to go first. So mm. he's been in it from, I think it's Winter Soldier he came into it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's strange if they've got rid of him now. Mm. Yeah, I quite I like it when they get people who are, you know, The Rock is the big one who's an actual wrestler. He's not, obviously it's not the same as, you know, the UFC and MMA and fighting and things. But like when you get people in those very physical sports um, and I think The Rock's probably too big now to do his own stunts and stuff. But when you get those people who are in it because they can do their own stunts, like in... Um, in Rogue One, there's Donnie Yen. I know he's famous for loads of other things. Yeah. But he plays the blind monk, Chia Inwe, and like he did the martial arts in that. And that's why his character's so badass when you watch it because it's not that constant. Marvel do it a lot, and they they didn't do it they didn't do it quite as much in this as they have done in the past. But it is my only sort of qualm with Marvel action, which is it's like you know lifts up the fist, cut the fist hits the person, cut the person falls back, cut, and it's like in yeah. a space of a minute you've got like you know twenty something cuts just constantly, almost more than that probably. Whereas when you've got someone who's like trained in martial arts or uh, you know MMA or anything like that, 
they don't have to keep cutting because they don't need to change to have a stunt double taking the punch and things. They have this yeah. one person doing it. So I, I liked him being in it. And I think that it, it makes the action better when they have to keep cutting. It's a good point. That. And, and, and I think one of the best examples of that is Scott Adkins because he does all his stunts because he's just, I don't think he needs a stunt double for his things. You know, he was in uh, Doctor Strange. One, he was one of the, the uh, guy, one of the henchmen of the baddie in that. So, so no, that's a great point. And I think, I think as this goes on, like, uh, is it, um, What's the girl called? Is it Morgenthau, the the, the girl who runs yeah, the flag Carly station? Morgenthau, Car- yeah, Carly. Her her arc is that she's a great person. Well, a great, not a great person, but she's a, <laughs> her, her morally she is a good person with a conscience. But it, it sort of her journey felt like she had no other way than to sort of go out killing people. So that was quite interesting because it is it's a cat and mouse race in this episode. It's just literally who's going to catch who and and. I like the way that Sam and Bucky go after them, but then John turns up who you like, oh, and he's made his own shield, hasn't he now, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, with one of his medals. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not vibranium either, but, yeah. John, John, you know what, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't expecting John's story arc in this one, and at the end of it, I was like, I actually really want to watch a show about him now. So uh, I didn't think I was going to say that because I thought it was a pound shop Captain America when we saw him at the start. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I thought from the beginning that he was going to turn bad because he seemed too nice. Yes. I like, I don't know what it is. I think it's just since I've been with Mike and we've watched all of these like shows like with Star Wars and stuff, I just assume everyone's bad. <laughs> I am like super pessimistic. Overly nice, if say, someone's like, overly someone. nice, I'm like, they're going to be a baddie. And then at the end of the film, I'm like, oh, okay. They're literally just, not, just a nice person. <laughs> okay. You are very suspect. You are very suspect. Like, they're a baddie. I am, I am super like, suspect. You're right most of the time, but because you guess almost everyone who comes into it, it's like, I don't know who they are. Are they a baddie? Yeah. But I, I knew a little bit about John Walker, but once again, mainly from sort of background information of being involved with the guys from Comics in Motion, hearing they mentioned yeah. uh, John Walker and about US Agent. And I I think I had vaguely heard about US Agent. And I had a little uh, look on Marvel Unlimited, I think, or somewhere. And I saw a couple of comics with the cover of him on it. So I, I may go down that road at some point, but I, I'm kind of lazy in the sense of if they do announce a series, I, I may not, or I may just wait for the guys to comics motion just to say, watch, read these two mini series, and that'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Rather than yeah. like a, you know, with a Captain America back catalog, it'll take you years because it's been going for so long. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to read all of Captain America. That's been going for, you know, since the 40s, I think. Well, according to Top Trumps, it's 1941. So, so 80 oh my years. <laughs> oh, my word. I had the original, you know, in 1990. So, don't say were you even born you two 1990 no, no. Mike no Mike you were I, I apologize I was 12 so um <laughs> I had or oh, 11 I, I had a Marvel top trumps I wasn't I was always into Spider-Man and stuff like that but not realizing who was Marvel and who was DC but I had the top trumps I had Galactus I had you know Spider-Man same I've still uh, got Iron them. Man you've still got and it was always I've, I think I've got the three sets of them yeah and I've got DC ones as well it's got like fighting skills intelligence yes. height and it's yeah, got yeah, a little yeah. sentence of fact file and that's how I know about so many Marvel things by like a tiny amount because I just used to play those top trumps so often I just vaguely recognize people like Galactus being that giant guy with the purple helmet yes. on so yeah, even yeah, when yeah. I saw him in Fantastic Four 2 I was like that's not Galactus I've never read a comic with him but I know that's not Galactus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm the same because I think on them top trumps, I think the Silver Surfer was the yeah. best because if you were unknown and you didn't have a score out of a hundred, you but you that just 
he's like an ace in a, in a game of like cards. It trumps everything because he was unknown. So, but yeah, Galactus was always like 23 feet or 60 odd feet tall. I yeah, always his remember that. Was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the just, classic top trumps. <laughs> you'd go like this, Megan. You go, so if you had a guy who was like 6'4, it didn't matter whether they were so you go, my guy's seven two, and you have to hand the card over and stuff. You know what? Oh, that's, oh, that's like me with like we, yeah, we've been yeah. playing top trumps. That's like Spider Man. As soon yeah. as you say how many appearances, you're like nine thousand nine hundred and sixty four. Thank you for your card. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got the there's two sets of Marvel ones. We've got one is like the Marvel comics, almost specifically. It's how many appearances they've had and their debut year. And then there's the other ones we've got, which are the other Marvel ones and the DC ones, which are like fighting skills, and it's like them in universe. This is a very nerdy conversation about top trumps. <laughs> We're talking about derail, derailed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, you've, you've got you've got the worst person for derailing today, guys. I'm sorry, Dave will Same keep it me. on track. <laughs> I'm terrible as well. But, I mean, with John Walker, I was going to say I I liked his arc, and as you say, I, I would watch a series of his, and I, I really liked the moment where he's standing there and he's looking between Carly and the truck and he yes. chooses the truck he and I'm like, to save I was watching people. it and I was thinking in my head, I was like, come on, John, come on, you can do it. Be the good person. I don't want you to become the heel and then just get killed or anything. But so him working for that vow woman, it's going to be, because Megan asked me, I think you said like, is he bad in the comics? And I said, I don't think he's bad, but he's kind of like a good guy, but he would probably kill innocents. His like, his methods are questionable as it's kind of been shown. And that depends who he works for, I think. So this Val person who's a bit mysterious, like, are there, is he going to, it's basically going to be like a dark shield almost, or is, if it's going to be sword or... Like, what know. do you think, Megan? I, don't, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no clue. <laughs> Sorry for such a, a cut end answer. Honest, just <laughs> no, no, but you're right. I think. Look, I think what you said, Mike, Megan, is the same. Is we we don't know the comic context of him. I know. I think Dave's just the same as what you said before, Mike. Dave's just filmed in and said, yeah, basically he is a guy who the moral compass swings depending on the situation, more bad than good. Obviously, the fact that he's got a black suit on as well, that's quite ominous. I know, obviously, we have the Black Panther with his suit, but the fact that he's changed, and and he does look like he could be a baddie, because he's supposed to be that Thunderbolts, isn't there, the, the, the team with um, General Ross Leeds, and, and I think you were saying that. that. Yeah, I, I know Dave's mentioned it on here, and, I, and as usual, I probably wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Dave. Because um, me and Dave do that all the time. He'll ask a question, and I'll ask him the same question, or he does the same, and we're like, oh, sorry, sorry. But, um, well, I think sorry, what, I, what I quite like about uh, this show, so I don't know if with the, I know they talk about the next phase of the MCU and things, and obviously there's like the legend of Shang-Chi and there's Black Widow and there's Spider-Man and Doctor Strange 2. Well, I'm intrigued by what they're going to do with these characters because with John Walker's involvement, I want him to be an additional perspective. So for example, what I would like is in battles when it's like the next Captain America movie or whatever, instead of it just being, here's the good guys fighting the bad guys, it's going to be, okay, so here's, you know, uh, you know, Captain America and the Winter Soldier fighting to get this person to for the moral good whereas this is walker going in trying to kill them and they have to try and, and i quite like that dynamic because especially where there's been you know 21 or 22 marvel films now it's like i found phase three did it really well where they've changed things up with Thor ragnarok and things like that where it made it different and interesting in certain ways but phase two of the mcu and at phase one a bit kind of when you get the origin stories constantly it does get a bit repetitive yeah. so i do want him to be able to be this additional layer of story to be put in there not forced in there all the time but i like it when you've got 
as you say, like the cat and mouse thing, it, it makes things fresh rather than just one chasing one. Yeah. It, they're all having different agendas. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. And, and if it plays out similar to the last MCU phase, at the moment, we haven't got the big bad, have we? I know they say Mephesto's this guy who's, who's going to come in worse than, you know, um, Thanos and stuff. But the, the, the characters we've seen, I know one day is, is a witch, so she's got these superpowers. But these are ground soldiers at the moment, like Daredevil. We, I want Daredevil in this arena at some point, the Punisher, because they're the on-the-ground guys like Captain America, things like that. Then when we do get the big bad, and we, but then we're going to need, because Thor's still in this world. He's still alive. He's still going. The, the Hulk is, now I don't know whether Matt Ruffalo's ever going to come back, because the way they've done him at the end of Endgame, I'll, I'll never forgive him for not getting that Thanos fight. He should have been the one to take that off Thanos because he got absolutely hammered at his, I love the Hulk. So it would be Megan. We'll be here all day, Megan, talking about that. It's so I actually annoying. have heard a podcast where you start talking about how much you love the Hulk. Yeah. I, so grew up, I-, I, grew up, I grew up scared of the Hulk. You wouldn't even think I liked him because as a kid up to about 11, I was petrified of the Incredible because when I was a baby and it was like the Luther Rigno one, it was a bit where I was about 18 months and I watched it. I used to watch it religiously, probably don't remember it. And he picked a baby up and threw it out of a window because it was a, <laughs> no, the house was on fire or something. Oh, right. but, but it wasn't, he just threw it. It was something like that. But my mum said I was absolutely petrified. And up to about 10, 11, I hated the Hulk, petrified of him. But as a character, I loved the Hulk. Yeah. I love that inner rage because I always, it always relatable because we all have that, in a rage in us and I always feel like like everyone's got an incredible look in him it's just how <laughs> it's how good you can count to 10 and how much you suppress it you know more than anything so yeah. so that's why I like his character and and, and, and you're right mate I, if I go off on it it so annoys me so much Endgame <laughs> that was the one Hulk v Thanos taking him down and he didn't and I'm just uh. it's also a lot of people said like that one of the biggest things in the whole of the Hulk story arc in the comics is when Hulk and Banner come together to become uh, I think it's Professor Hulk is the name for it so that's like one of the biggest things that Hulk has ever done and they did it off screen and yes. it's like this what so Hulk is just now Professor Hulk oh that's that's really cool I guess but then it, it doesn't really add anything to the plot like there's no real <laughs> when he's back when he's uh, Professor Hulk the only thing is like a couple of funny moments like they take that photo with him with uh when ant-man's near him in the sort of cafe and then when they go back in time and he sees himself as hulk hulking out he's like oh my god so embarrassing and like aside from that there's there's not really a point you could have just had mark ruffalo walking around and then just become a slightly more controlled hulk and maybe yeah. in endgame there's something happens to make them have to do it i just and, and i kind of feel that way i, I would like to have a, an own hulk movie with mark ruffalo because i haven't even shown megan the the Edward Norton one, which is sacrilege, because a lot of people oh, love it. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, great I, movie. The thing is, is that this, obviously it's quite early in the MCU, and when me and Megan sat down and watched all the MCU, I didn't prioritise that because I was trying to get her into it, and it's quite a hit and miss sort of film for some people. Um, and there it is. I've got it, it on is, Megan. Uh, there it is. You've got to watch it. It's on Netflix, or it was on Netflix up to a couple of months ago. Oh, it's a great movie. So underrated. Yeah, see... But I'll, at some point, I'll get uh, Megan to watch it. But I'm I'm, I'm going to be Dave now. Let's get back onto this because you're going to start talking about other stuff. Because I can Megan. see that this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Megan, we like you on this show. You 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 do it. You me and Michael. We talk about Star Wars soon and everything. <laughs> let's let's talk about the, the thing that I think is my favorite. My favorite part in the whole uh, season is a big part in this episode, which was Sam's speech. Yes. And I just think 
I would argue it's some of the best dialogue in the entirety of anything Marvel's released. From the MCU, the Spider-Man films, all of that sort of stuff. There's some cool lines, there's some cheesy lines. You know, Captain America's got some really good one-liners and things. Obviously, there's that whole on-your-left thing with him and Sam as well in uh, Infinity War and Endgame sort of stuff. But when Sam has that speech, it is so powerful. And I just think the message... The parallels of real life are so sort of multifaceted, but the main thing is obviously a black Captain America. Now, obviously, in the MCU, that is him going out, you know, fighting crime essentially, but it has real world uh, connections. It is actually not kind of on the nose, but saying it in truth. There are going to be people who are racists who hate the fact yeah. that the MCU have got a black Captain America for no reason other than played by Anthony Mackie who is black I think also with everything that's happened within the past year with like the Black Lives Matter movement and mm. stuff as well yeah I think that's just even more just fuel to it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a very good speech it was and I, th- and I think that that point is when people because it it was people around the world listeners obviously pans to the cameras and that guy says you know it's the Falcon he went no no that's Captain America you know so so at that point Sam is not believing. You're right, Megan. The, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, it should have been done years ago. It shouldn't take yeah. someone's death to get to this point. The, the um, racial profiling in America is absolutely disgusting. I saw one with, not to get too political, I saw the soldier. He's in his soldier gear. He's at a petrol station. He gets maced by a cop and stuff. And he's got his he's got his uh, suit on, his army gear on. He's in like a, a Hummer or something. And that's gone viral again. And the guy's yeah. been sacked. So, so they're onto it now, but the... This, the actual racial profile, and that's what was interesting about this. We talked about this, me and Dave, and I'm sure you guys have picked up on it. First episode, Sam gets racial profiled by the bank manager till he sees him. Someone else says something to him in the street, not realizing who he is. Oh, I recognize you, you know, that sort of thing. But that oh, it was is, those kids, it was the kids, yeah, the and kids, then one yeah. of them was like, Oh, he's Black Falcon. He was just like, Well, yeah. it's you... just Falcon. He was like, Do people call yeah. you Black Kid? And he was like, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's true, it's true because. We we all had we've all done that one way or the other. It's a subconscious thing, isn't it? And that's what they were trying to get across that uh, he's just Sam. It doesn't matter what the color of his skin is. He, he's good enough to be Captain America. And I think that whole arc, I wasn't sure halfway through the season how that would play out. And then when we met Isaiah Bradley and the stuff he had to go through, you know, the same, you know, while yeah. Steve was frozen and all that, told a great story. And I'll be honest with you, the speech is brilliant, Mike. And I agree, I thought it was fantastic. It just cemented him. Two times in this this um, this episode, I proper filled up. Like uh, I'm happy to admit that was um, the bit at the end when they all sort of teamed up and everything. But it was the bit with Isaiah when he took him to the museum. Yeah, yeah. I got I, me. I got teary that bit. That's very yeah. emotional. You specifically said as well, Megan. Like- yeah, because we watched the last like 20 minutes or so again this morning, and like today, I was like, I really like this bit. It's yeah. very emotional. So seeing how what he's been through and, you know, how he's, you know, he's quite stoic and he obviously is being very positive because understandably what he's been through. Because also he's pretended to be dead, hasn't he? Yeah, so yes. that people don't come and find him. So, yeah. like, it's just like he doesn't have to hide anymore. Mm. And I think that's the the image of this sort of story and what Sam is kind of trying to get at in his gestures as well is that sort of thing of our generations now can't undo the damage that was done to other people. But what we can do is we can recognize it and we can try and do everything we can to move forward. That That's yes. the general sort of theme yes. of it. And I think putting Isaiah Bradley, the statue of him in uh, the sort of Captain America Memorial, it, it is just so powerful. And I, I give hats off to the actor who played Isaiah Bradley because the, he, 
without saying very many words, he conveyed emotions so well. Oh yeah, his facial acting was it was was insane. Yeah, you oh, really yeah. felt for him. Yeah. You looked into his eyes and thought he's been through that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. incredible. I agree. I agree with both. Yeah, I think I think it's so powerful. And I think on a personal thing, like I've got uh, three mixed race nephews and nieces. My sisters, uh, one of my young, my youngest sister now is pregnant, and her partner's black. So. I can see from their perspective, I'm very protective of them because, and we all are, my brothers and sisters. We grew up in a place that's very multicultural, but I know for a fact that if some of my grandparents were still alive now, fucking some of the most racist people I've ever come across. And not, it's something that they grew up with. So, so doing this now, like my daughter's 20 and it's great for Jordan because she, nothing comes into her mind to think about someone's colour of the skin and things yeah. like that, which is great. Like, I grew up with Asian and, and black people all around me where, where I lived up, all my, some of my greatest friends, and never thought of their colour. Uh, in class, in schools, though, you only, only had a couple of uh, black people, a couple of Asian people in your class, but you, and that's bad. Whereas now, it's multicultural. Everyone, you, you, your colour of your skin should not determine whether you're a good or a bad person. And that's... What I like, what's tackled on this. We've still got the fun. We've still got the jokey stuff. There's a lot of serious elements. But you're right, Megan, it's so real. And, and I think this was already planned before the Black, uh, Black Lives Matter anyway. I just think that the whole thing together, it's just saying to more people, you are so ignorant and because uh, of someone's colour of your skin. So I think, I yeah. think as, even though it's a fantastic series, there's a great message there as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that it's because it we were discussing this uh, earlier, which is sort of Black Panther was so important. And I like I myself have been guilty of this. We're not recognizing the importance of representation because yeah. bluntly, I'm a white person. I haven't had to do that. And that's a problem. That's something I'm trying to work on as a person. I've said on my podcast numerous times, you know, it's, it's something where I have that privilege. That's basically what white privilege is in a lot of ways. It's I, I've had the privilege of not even have to think about race being an issue to some people because I'm white. So I haven't had to deal with those things. So things like representation haven't come into my mind because whenever I watched uh, the MCU or any films, when I was growing up, because there were so many white males who were the leads, I had loads of people to look up to who looked like me. And so with black Panther, it really cemented and showed that you need representation. This is obviously very clear to many people anyway, but black Panther cemented that people need someone to look up to not only just race, but also there's, uh, as a picture I saw online of a person, there's like, you know, people who are Down syndrome who are modeling and things. And it means yeah. the world to people who have Down syndrome to see people can achieve things who look like them, who are like them. Yeah, it gives... Sorry for interrupting. It's no. just, yeah, being able to have that role model that you identify with. And it's just, yeah, I think it's super important. I think that, yeah, the show does it really well without, because I find that sometimes when like political things like this come into play, it can be like preachy mm, and like... Yeah just done not in the right way and mishandled. Whereas I think the way that they did this was just so good. The two perspectives, because you've got Isaiah Bradley saying no self-respecting black person yeah. would represent America because of what America's done, the atrocities. Yeah. And that I think mirrors almost but what I would assume that some people maybe said to Barack Obama, like, why would you want to be the president of the historically one of the most racist countries who've done one of the most amounts of damage to black individuals and black culture why would you want to be the representation and the representative of that country and it's like because i can't undo the damage but then all of that pain would be for nothing if we can't you know stand if we can't be together and it's just there's so many parallels i feel like i'm not going to but we could do almost like a whole podcast just talking <laughs> of the the countless parallels that you can draw some of the speeches and how clever it is where you've got that world ending thing with sort of end game the blip and uh, infinity war and them saying that's the big thing well that 
you know, world ending event. You could say that for anything. You could say it for COVID. You could say it for anything yeah. translates. So the message works so well. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And just out of interest, I think Barack Obama is one of the coolest leaders of anywhere, any oh, yeah. country. He's I think he's great. I'll go on YouTube regularly and watch his Jimmy Fallon newsbeat stuff. We we literally watched the Jimmy Kimmel uh, one with Barack Obama where he reads mean tweets. Yes, mean <laughs> the tweets, other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love watching that. Yeah, it's Have you seen the slow jam on Jimmy Fallon? So no. oh, you got to watch that. So Jimmy Fallon put uh, Jimmy Fallon Barack Obama slow jam, and Jimmy Fallon's talking and he's got the band there to the left. And all of a sudden, Barack Obama comes behind him and gets a mic and he reads like the news, but as like a cool soul guy. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> oh he's so good. I like Barack Obama anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I, any, listen to his speeches behind. and things. I could easily yeah. just, uh, we, I've done it before. I've just gone on YouTube as, you, as you've done just and just listen to talk. It's it's amazing. But yeah, yeah forget yeah. his policies and whatever he did right and wrong. Obviously, I don't, we, I don't know 100% because I don't follow American politics. Yeah. But as a person, he's almost a Marvel character. The president that you want in a film for me. Yeah. Cool guy, cool guy. Sorry, Megan, we're going off again now. Don't be telling us off again. <laughs> right, I'm Dave. Come on, let's get back on track. <laughs> I, I, I guess um, it's a question actually about Captain America, uh, really, which is, for me, I asked this as, when I started the series, I wasn't sure if I wanted Bucky or Sam to be Captain America more. I know both have been in the comics before. And because I've played the <laughs> the Lego Avengers games, you can play as Bucky <laughs> as the yeah. as a Captain America and things like that. So I, I knew there was a potential either of them could be. And in all honesty, at the start, I was probably leaning a bit more towards Bucky because I like his character more in the sense of, at that point, he'd been through so much horrendousness. I wanted him to get redeemed. And I feel like... At the start, I was like, well, he, because of what he's been through and because he has a super soldier serum and the, you know, vibranium arm and the, all the training, etc., he would be the, the best fit for Captain America because he's the most like him physically and also I want him to have the redemption. And then you get about halfway through and I was like, oh, I'm really unsure now, actually. Sam, they've really flushed his character out in this uh, a lot more because obviously Bucky is a lot more central to the Captain America films than Sam is at the time because it's all about Bucky's kind of it's the cat and mouse game once again you know steve's the only one who believes bucky's uh, not bad so by halfway i was like oh i'm not sure because sam is really growing on me but by this episode i was like yes after i heard the speech i was like this is i think better than anything captain america said you know honestly not that sam is necessarily better but because it's the new age of captain america and him saying things like that is just you need someone to say those things and saying i don't have the solutions but i'm not the person who's meant to have every solution because the problem is complicated. I'm just meant to keep people in line and make sure that you are aware yeah. you need to check yourselves, basically. Yeah, I agree. And, and I do think that, I, I think I said it with Dave maybe um, the other week was, I would have found it difficult for Bucky, even though I like his character and the redemption, because he's actually killed people, mm. you know, who, like, like, like obviously we've got the young Asian guy, he's befriends yeah. his dad at the start he redeems himself at the end and there is that redemption. But the fact that I, I said, it's a bit like Kylo Ren, Mike, sorry, we're talking Star Wars now, Megan. But I, I had to, <laughs> it's very similar to Kylo Ren, but obviously the, the way that Kylo Ren gets done at the end of that film is a disgrace because it makes no sense. But anyway, um, is that it's similar to that. Kylo Ren kills all those people then becomes Ben Solo. And then we get that redemption of, of his character. It's been, all the way through each, every uh, them three movies, it was basically, is he going to turn? And he was a few things he did with Ray. This was like that with Bucky, I think. He, he, we see that he's killed people for 90 years off camera, and we see it in The Winter Soldier, and he comes in and all that. But I think, 
I don't think I, I would have liked either of them to be Captain America, but you're right, Mike. I think the way they did Bucky was he's his right hand man. Literally, or is it his left hand? It's a terrible joke. I didn't even mean it like that, but that's a terrible joke. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so I think that would have been the only problem because then John Walker comes into that territory as well because of what he did. Bucky's no better than John Walker, really. It's just that because he's killed people and a lot of people by the looks of it more than John has. So I think because of the goody two-shoes nature of Captain America, I think it was always going to be Sam. But I like the fact that when they were all fighting with John, everyone had all of the, all of the shield and it all looked good on all three of them, when, no matter who it was. <laughs> you know, that was really good, the way they kept grabbing the shield. So, yeah, I think it was always going to be Sam, and I'm dead pleased it's him now. I am so pleased. Because it's a big two fingers up to all the racists of the world as well. It's like, well, this is your Captain America, whether you like it or not. And I think it's great. So, yeah. yeah good discussion. Good. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I guess the only sort of the last parts really uh, of this would be um, because we we did touch on Agent Carter, didn't we? We're basically saying with Sharon. Yeah, and then there's uh, also there was the old guy that oh, blew yeah. up that car. There was that man in the car that had the detonator, and then he blew up the rest of the flag smashers. Oh yeah, and then it's it? it's we don't know. So I think, Zemo, but then it they? then it panned to Zemo in prison, and then he was smiling because he was hearing it on the radio. So like, I was like, okay, did he orchestrate that from prison then? Because then the <laughs> next scene, it's Val. Val and John Walker. And she's like, did I orchestrate it? No, I'm not smart enough. Or did I? And it's like, well, <laughs> well did you? Who did it? Because why, like, who is this random old man in a car? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I blowing up. Because <laughs> you know, you're right, Megan, because I actually thought that point, it was like, you know, the, in the episode where, Carter had that man's sort of suit on. It was almost a Mission Impossible job, wasn't it? And she pulled her, the face off. I, oh, thought yeah. it was, I thought it was going to be her because that had come from nowhere. She sort of stopped booking and went, hello, oh, there yeah, you go. I forgot yeah. about that. Mission Impossible. So, so I thought, was it her? Was it, like you say, was it Zemo? And that wasn't, it. was that even Zemo in the raft? Because what's interesting is I've been playing Spider-Man again for like the third time since I got it in November on the PS5 and they're all in the raft. Like the baddies supposed to yeah. be in the raft, so that's so good that they use that little thing. I can get the, I can actually get that Easter without saying, "Dave, what's the raft?" You know, I actually know it now. <laughs> yeah, because I think the raft is also in Civil War. Because I think right at the end, that's where Ant Man, uh, Sam, and everyone gets put in initially. I think that's what it's meant to be. Because you right. know, when they sign the Sokovia Accord, and then when they get arrested, they all just get put in. So, because I, th I think there's also in Spider-Man, there's like Rikers, but I'm not sure if Rikers is the raft. Oh no, it's Rikers, not the raft. I don't know what I'm talking about. It is Rikers actually. <laughs> it is I, I feel Rikers like Rikers might get mentioned as well. I don't know. We, we haven't read enough comics to be able to be going into this uh, territory, I guess. But yeah, we don't know who, who blew up the thing. I guess it's... I um, imagine the thing is, is that there was no reason for them to pan to Zemo unless it was him. Yeah, unless yeah. the because otherwise, what's the point of showing him? It was literally like what a 10 second scene, it was completely irrelevant if they put mm -hmm. it in there for absolutely no reason. Well, oh, it's because he wanted to kill the last of the super <laughs> soldiers. Oh, yeah, he wanted to get yeah. rid of all the super soldiers, yeah. so obviously, he must have done it. He's a smart man, he knows people. Yeah, he does. he's a good character, Zemo, as well. I like I know, him, <laughs> I do, I do like him a lot, actually. And I think, I think as well, I said at the start, I want to watch a John Walker series now, so I don't know. <laughs> how or where he's going to turn up but this this can't be the end of him now he's got to be front and center of the, the mcu at some point he, like you said mike he's got to be the guy who's got to go in and kill people because he doesn't care consciously so that's that's possibly where we might go down or we might get they might be they may have tested it for him to see what the audience think of him 
And because they of the reaction, yeah, yeah. The, with the reaction now, someone somewhere is going, right, there's a script for him. We want to do this as a show. So well, he's such a good, he's such a good actor, isn't he, as well, uh, White Russell, because obviously Kurt Russell's um, son. And it's, he does the the change so well. And when you get an actor who can do that, where they can do the smiley face and things, but they can just deadpan immediately and the coldness in their voice and the seriousness in their eyes. And I think that he does that character so well. And I like complicated characters. Uh, who are we talking about? Uh, John Walker. Right. Okay. Cool. I didn't know. I thought we were talking about Zemo for a second. I got very confused, no. but that's fine. Okay. Um, no, John Walker. <laughs> it's um, but, uh, the guy who plays John Walker is amazing as well, but specifically with US agent. You mean Zemo? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about John Walker. Uh, confusing okay. everyone. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really like a John Walker and I, I like the sort of moral ambiguity. I'd like, I like it when it's, although Captain America is one of my favorite characters in the MCU, I do like characters that do, push that line when it needs to happen sometimes because i feel like unfortunately in war sometimes you need someone to pull the trigger it's not always you know it's one of those things where i know in infinity war and endgame they kill thanos and all those people like that that's just because they're not human they're still killing someone but you had to there was no other choice and sometimes you unfortunately need that person to do that in certain scenarios and i would like to see him tread that line more and struggle with himself trying to figure out what he views as right a bit more. I, I would like to see that. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I think you said this to the day to day, but I think when we watch these movies like Avengers and that, and these cities are just getting absolutely destroyed, I do watch them and I'm sure you do and you go, how many people are dead? And I think as much as the movie gets absolutely slated and it's a DC movie, Batman v Superman gives a great perspective. I think I was talking about it last week, actually. Gives a great perspective on what actually happens to people. So when Superman's fighting Zod and we get the start of, you know, it's Man of Steel, but the start of uh, Batman v Superman, Bruce Wayne is in Metropolis and stuff and he's going in to save people. That's what we don't see. Even though that film's an absolute turkey of a movie, I think, pretty much. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed it, even the long version, but it's not what everyone's taste. That does a great understanding of what actually happens to real people because these cities get destroyed like that. I mean, I watched... I, I and what was annoying me actually, I watched Godzilla v Kong right mm. the other week. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. I've seen the original Godzilla, as yeah. in the 2015 one. I haven't seen the sequel, but mm. I've seen Kong Skull Island, so I've seen the first of those oh, two. That's okay. Think, yeah. uh, have you seen either? I've seen Kong Skull Island. I think I love Kong, uh, Kong Skull. Island. I thought it was yes. brilliant, but yeah, I've Godzilla was pretty cool. But yeah, I haven't seen the others. But you well, can tell us about is, it. There's not yeah. a lot of plot, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> spoiler warning for anyone listening, but I, I don't think there's a huge amount of plot no. of what I've read. Don't watch it. If you well, it's ridiculous as always. The, the the actual human actors are awful, but the actual action <laughs> the action's great. However, the wanton destruction on like in Japan and America and and it's just ridiculous. But we enjoyed it. Me and Sam watched it. it's two hours of just nonsense. But these thousands of people must have died. These buildings going down like it's Lego, and you're like. How many? But well, it's not mentioned how many thousands of people have been killed. And I think, as you were saying, I'll go from a tangent there. Meg, don't get me again. But but is uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the thing is with John Walker is this is I think with this feels more grounded because he you will see that people will get caught in the crossfire with his character because that's what he's about. It's a, he is on that needle of a goodie or a baddie. So I think that's a great point, Mike. Even though I've mentioned all sorts of films to get to this point, but yeah, I agree. I guess that the final thoughts would be, um, I guess, vague ratings if we're doing that on this and also what we want to see going forward for 
the MCU and maybe the characters. So do, do you have an idea, Megan? Oh, God. Because like, you, you're not actually as fussed about these things. Obviously, no, you've got I'm Loki not. Coming I, I really liked this series. I will say the, the one thing that annoyed me, and I said this to you earlier, and it's such a small little thing that bugged me. So I really like the arc between uh, Bucky and Sam and how they have like now become friends. Like they're now yeah. friends, which is nice. And there's that moment where he's like, he says to him and he calls him Cap. And Just I was like... Speech. Yeah, just after the speech, he calls him Cap. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice moment. I really like that because it's him accepting that he's now Captain America. He's passed over the shield and he's like got rid of all of that anger that he had. Awesome. Then they like carry on walking and then somebody else behind calls him Cap. And I'm just like, this has literally just happened. It's like, no one, no one calls you Falcon anyway. Everyone calls you Sam. So why would suddenly someone now start calling you Cap when even when Steve Rogers was Cap, no one fucking called him it. They all called him Steve. So I don't know why this one, apart from the fact that they're reiterating the fact that he's Captain America, why he's calling him Cap and not Sam. I think you know what? Great spot. Yeah, I think the senator, because it's the senator call, I think he actually calls him Sam before the speech as it's well. It's really annoying. I think it is. I think they were trying to go, oh, he's accepted it. But it because is even Sharon's like, I think they're speaking to you. <laughs> and it's just like... His name's Sam. Like, yeah. I get it, but uh, what, what that's the only see? main thing that really bugged me about this. So what, what do you want to see for the, like, other than Loki that we've already got coming out? Like, if you could, and the Thor, you know, Love and Thunder film that's coming out, what would you want to see either at these characters or just at the MCU? Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing something with John Walker. I think that would be interesting. I also would like to see more of Zemo, if I'm being honest, because yeah. I think he's a really good character. Um, I think... I, I enjoyed seeing him in what would have been the Winter Soldier. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Civil War. Civil War. Civil War, okay. In whatever film it was. I, I like that character, so I think it would be nice to see more of him because the bits in this move, um, in this series that he was in, I really, really enjoyed. They were highlights, weren't they? They were. His, his acting is brilliant. And he has him that... dancing in the club, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got that good <laughs> chemistry as well with Bucky and Sam because he's got that confidence because he is so intelligent but he sticks to his principles. He has that moment where he looks at the super soldier serum and he could take it. Huh. He Do you know, actually what I wouldn't mind is because obviously the Wakandans took him away, didn't they? Yeah. They took him. I wouldn't mind seeing something to do with Wakanda and then him having to help them out. Uh, like oh. a Black Panther 2 or something. Mm. Yeah. That would be cool. Him and Shuri, that would be interesting. Them having to work together so even though they actively dislike him. So Shuri's like yeah. one of the geniuses of the MCU. I think she's seen as one of the most if not the most intelligent intelligent in the MCU. Yes. and yeah. she's brilliant i'm hoping she's i'm almost certain she's going to become black panther in the next black panther stuff obviously That'd with the cool. tragic passing of uh, chadwick boseman and things but like if she steps up to the plate i hadn't thought about that that would actually be a really cool dynamic of her having to go to him for advice even so, though they hate him yeah marvel, that's a good idea marvel if you're listening <laughs> Give me my money. Yeah, Megan, <laughs> Megan we've bookmarked this because I think you could be onto something because Martin Freeman was terrible in Black Panther. As much as that film's good, Tim out of the office, there's no way he was a fighter pilot. It's nonsense. <laughs> and his accent was even worse. I'm not saying I can act very well. And we'll see that soon, won't we, Mike? With we my will. acting. But anyway, um, <laughs> what about yourself then, Mike? Um, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see another... I think I'd like to see a US agent series. I don't think a film would give him enough weight. I think a film would basically try and paint him 
too quickly because that's what the best that's what i think i like about these series so in between phases we all of the characters are already existing we're getting like even one division it's going to build up to probably wonder becoming a heel and that's you know becoming some sort of baddie and or misguided in some way and that's good we now know and if people want the reason why the baddie is bad or the goodie is good they've got these series that give the backstory and that's I think that's what films, I think it's Marvel and Disney have kind of learned with Star Wars in certain ways. We've got these big, the films are meant to be big events. One massive thing happens or a big character is introduced or something like that. But then the series should be the sort of connective tissue in between to give more weight to them. Like the Clone Wars was to the character, the prequels yeah. and things like that, where people who want more content don't have to spend loads of money going to the cinema or only getting in two hour chunks. You can have six hours and you can delve deep into some of these characters and things so i would want to see a u.s agent series i think basically six episodes an hour long and i think it would be quite cool for him to be working for that val woman and him do a mission or two that he doesn't that are clearly morally bad and he maybe kills a civilian or, or something like that does something and he doesn't sit right with him and then he has his own journey discovering that just doing what you're told because the government or whoever tells you to isn't doesn't give you the right to kill people. That's not how it works anymore. And him kind of maybe have some PTSD or something and think about his time in uh, with Spec Ops missions and see about those missions that kind of went bad or had a lot of high casualties and things. I'd like to see that journey of him and him kind of maybe at the end break out and then kind of almost do a Bucky in some ways, not quite have a list and do that, but, you know, try and look inward and go, I need to be a Better. good person. <laughs> Sorry. Better. Yeah, like he. I think that moment where he looks at the truck and he looks at Carly and he has the mm. choice. That moment, I want that elongated into like, you know, a series. I want to. Yeah. I, I love. I love seeing baddies go good, and I love seeing goodies go bad. I love transformative things. And that's why Breaking Bad is one of the best shows ever, and it's it's incredible. And there's so many things, you know, with Kylo Ren is, in my opinion, the best part of the whole sequel series, uh, sequel trilogy. Even though at the end it's a bit weak, but still, I, I like that. And I, it's one of those things. People love redemption, and people love a fall from grace. And I think I would really like to see that for U.S. Agent. And I'm not fast about films for a while, really. Um, I mean, we've got Thor, which I'm happy about. I don't think I would Black Widow as well. Black Widow, yeah. I don't think I'd like a Thor series, not with Chris Hemsworth. Thor. I like Loki. That's going to be good. But I just I feel like if we got like eight episodes that were like half an hour long of Thor, I think he would start to grate because I yeah. think he works so well, well with other characters. Well, well, yeah, of course. Obviously, he's already got his own trilogy plus this other one that's coming exactly. out, whereas Falcon and the... Um, well, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They've been they, side characters. They're, they're side characters, so they now yeah. have their own stuff. I'm not that fussed for the Hawkeye series because I don't really like Hawkeye that much. I don't know why. I just think he's a bit of a bland character because yeah. he's not really in it that much and he kind of just flits between being with his family and then being with the avengers and then i don't really like it when he gets is it by loki he gets taken he gets taken Turned over by back. loki doesn't he so avengers, he yeah. gets possessed and it's just like weird yeah and i'm sad character. i'm sad that the black widow died not that i wanted him to die but obviously like mm. yeah, yeah it's a character I, I agree and i think i think that's a great point because the one thing with these series is, and you're right, Mike, you can't have a full series. We've we've had his whole backstory, back to front, left to right. We've had his mum, dad. They've they've all, you know, character. Sorry, if spoilers, you've never seen them. You know, his his brother's a bastard, but I do love Loki. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. love. Um, I love him. Tom Hiddleston's so good. Uh, he is so good. But no, I agree, and I think it's a good way with these mini series to flesh out these characters. So when they appear in the movies. You either love them or you hate them, but you know what they're about. So, so I agree. He's got to be peripheral figures. It has to be with this. But I think for me, 
best bit is him getting the suit. Loved the museum bit at the end. I, yeah. I honestly thought, and I said this, I thought John Walker was going to die. I thought there's no way back. And now that he got the redemption, I was even like, oh, he's a good guy now. And I sort of started liking him because I kept thinking when I first saw him, oh, he's a right bastard. He's horrible. He's going to be, you know, a baddie through and through. And he might escape by like a weaselly way, but he does get redemption. And I agree with both of you. I want to see him in a series. And I do think that Bucky, what they're going to do with him now, and the fact that at the end, is so good when it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, we, Mike really liked that bit I as well. That, I yeah. love that. that. Makes me that made me a little bit like, oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I did. I really, really did. So, so they've 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 put enough breadcrumbs in to keep you wanting, but knowing the schedule that's coming up, I don't know where everyone fits in. I know they've said that they're now writing Captain America four, and it's the writers from the series are going to be doing it, which is great. They're going to put a script together for Sam and that, but also what. Where are we going to see Sam? Where are we going to see Bucky and obviously John Walker? Have they already got parts in these? I can't see him having anything in Doctor Strange. That's probably already done. No wonders in that. So I can't see any of them making a cameo. So I don't know where they're going to go. We've got no new Avengers movies on the thingy, but there's enough for me to go, you know what? This is a perfect direction for the MCU to go in. And I'm, I'm all on board for it. Yeah, I yeah, like that they've kind of put the brakes. They've, they've put, that's what Styles have done as well. They're realising that if you release several films a year, by the time you get to the last one where everyone has to have seen it, yeah, 60, 70% of the audience are going to go and watch that. But there's going to be a chunk of people who are going to be intimidated by the fact there's a bajillion films out. It's just too much. It takes the hype out of it, doesn't it? Like the whole reason that they get people going to the box office to buy tickets at the cinema is because you've been waiting for that film to come out. Mm. And if you know without fail that there's going to be like two Marvel movies or two Star Wars movies every single year, it kind of just takes that excitement yeah. of going to the cinema out of it. Yeah, if they yeah. ease up on it and, and if the next phase or the next proper sort of saga, instead of being, you know, 22 films, maybe if they reined it back a little bit, you know, I don't think they're going to. I think there's still going to be two films a year, but there's also going to be like six series a year. Oh, there's the new, there's a Spider-Man film coming out as well. Spider-Man's going to be at Christmas. We've got Black Widow coming out this year. I think Shang-Chi might be coming out this year. We've got Doctor Strange next year, Thor 4 next year humans at some point as well there's, there's a lot there's loads. Um, but basically I, I like i also want to say the last thing is my uh, the disney model i like a new episode every friday it gives something to look forward to on a friday and yeah. it makes it easy because i don't if this series came out all at once i don't think me and megan would have been able to watch it immediately we would have probably just put it on the back burner a little bit because we weren't necessarily like incredibly hyped for it we're like oh yeah we'll watch that at some point but when it's one a week we're like oh it's easy to fit in 45 minutes in a week but when it's like oh everyone online is talking about it if you don't watch it in the first like three days then it all gets spoiled so you have to kind yeah. of not look at stuff instead of all that i, I like that basically every week probably for every friday for the rest of my life there's gonna be a new marvel <laughs> or star wars thing, thing until the day i die <laughs> and, I, and i think you're right because i had to message dave and i said to him dude i knew he wasn't watching it he made a promise to his uh, daughters his daughter, his oldest daughter had said like, he was winding them up apparently when he dropped off at school and he went, I'm going to watch it. And they're like, you're not watching it till later, dad. And he was gutted and he's like, I can't even watch it because they're going to see on Disney Plus that I've watched it. So <laughs> he, is, he didn't watch it. And and um, his eldest you know, made him promise. So he was gutted. So I, I'd watched half of it and I said, look, I'm halfway through. I'm about to watch the second half. And I just said to him, I saw someone on Twitter that a couple of people had posted not realising um, and luckily, the bits they posted I'd already seen, but I'd not watched the whole episode. And I messaged Dave and rang him and I went, Dave, 
don't go on social media, don't go on any of our Twitter accounts because people are putting stuff up not realising that at 10 o'clock in the morning, not everyone can watch it, you know? <laughs> so I said, I would have watched it at eight. I was sat at my desk watching it as I'm working and then I, and I got about halfway through and I was like, no, I won't watch the rest of this at home on my big telly. I can't. It's sacrilege watching this on my bloody phone. So, so I did. So I would say that I have that anxiety of if there were six episodes, someone's going to ruin it for you. Where it's weekly, you've only got 45 minutes and you've got a day to stay off social media. If there's six episodes, you've got to get them watched in like two or three days. As a comic uh, Twitter account, you know that, Mike, you're part of our group. And I, Look, Meg, I made a mistake with um, Wonder Woman. Dave still laughs about this. On our Discord channel, that Wonder Woman 84, I thought was fucking awful, right? An absolute yeah. awful <laughs> film. Fucking absolute bag of shit. <laughs> fucking gobshite here goes on. And went, has anyone seen Wonder Woman? It's fucking shit. And then a couple of the guys were like, can we not put any spoilers in? I was like, oh, uh, I didn't put any spoilers in, but my reaction of it, shit, can put into your psyche like, oh my God, it must be crap, you know? So, and Dave was like, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I didn't even think. I was just saying, I thought like everyone had watched it. You know, it wasn't like on the day. It was like two days late and I was fucking venting on it. It's fucking shit, this. You know? So, uh, yeah, you do have that anxiety with these shows and stuff. And obviously having a big gob like me, I, I have to sort of go in there now. Sort of like looking behind a curtain going, has anybody seen it before we can talk about it? I'm terrible for that. But yeah, it is very good, very good. Anyway, sorry, I know I've got off on one. So it's been great today. Megan, thank you for coming on with Mike. I'm so pleased that I finally met you as well, because honestly, Mike just is always talking about you, raving about you, which as he should, as he quite rightly should. <laughs> I'm always you. talking about Sam, and we've been married for 23 years uh, this year. So uh, no, uh, 22 years, sorry, we've been together 23 um, and make sure she can't hear me because she would have told me she's sat in the garden <laughs> she'll be around the door <laughs> yes. but no it's lovely it's great as well and, and that Mike's I do it with Sam I've made Sam watch so many movies Megan at the cinema that she's got no choice but to like Marvel and stuff because we've gone for years Jordan's 20 and I've been taken since she was like 4 or 5 to watch stuff like Batman and that she had no interest in The Dark Knight and Batman <laughs> Begins and she was 5 when that come out and she saw them all so it's dead nice I'm dead pleased you're coming and we'll have to do this again definitely whether you get yeah. me on your show Mike and anyway, well, Mike, plug away, plug away. Sorry. Say, uh, no, I was going to say um, one of the things that Meg is not going to be too fast, too happy about is you're really into the Fast and Furious movies, yeah. and I've seen them all apart from Hobbs and Shaw, and I actually, an old friend of mine, they hadn't seen any of the Star Wars films, and so she went, "Do you want to watch Fast and Furious and swap?" So I basically watched all the Fast and Furious movies, and yeah. we watched all, all Star Wars in exchange for Star, for Fast and Furious, and I haven't seen the third one, but I genuinely think the first one. I'm sorry, Chris, isn't very good. The second one is quite bad. The fourth one is all right, but then the fifth, sixth, and seventh ones, and Why the are one, so and many? the eighth one, I think, are all genuinely amazing. Once the rock's <laughs> in it, and you've got Kurt Russell comes into it, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. And then you've got Jason Statham's in it, and you've got all these. I think is it Helen Mirren? Doesn't she show up at one? She's point? Jason Statham's mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've just got all these massive actors, and you've got all these people from the original films who you know, a lot of them aren't great at acting, but what's quite funny is when they're around people who are really good actors, by the fifth, sixth films, they're just ripping on each other constantly because you've got these massive names who are like action yeah. heroes. And in the films, they're like these massive people in, you know, the FBI or their big thugs and whatever. And you've got these couple of little street racers who've just got wrapped up in things that are too big for them. And the dynamic is great, but it is one of those films where I find 
it's a bit of a slog to get through. But no one in comics emotion, I think, has put their hand up to watch to see I them. But I've, I've seen them, so I feel like maybe later in the year, once Megan's once the dust has settled for all the other stuff, I've got Megan to watch. We're still the dust is setting from all the Spider-Man films. <laughs> Megan, some of those Spider-Man films, man. Spider-Man Three is such such oh, a crock of shit. Jesus yeah. Christ, it's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. His dancing's amazing, and it? um, it's. <laughs> It's awful. Well, no, but the, Mike, you've got to get Megan on it. Megan, you have to watch him. Now, I'll, I'll hold my hands up, Mike. I'm disappointed you said that because the first one is my favourite because mm. I'm a car guy. Yeah, so so I love the cars. Uh, the American Muscle's my thing. So Vin, anything Vin Diesel drives in these movies, I love. Not really into the Japanese stuff that Paul Walker drives and that, even though I love the skylines, like great cars. And I watch a lot of YouTube guys in American soldiers who are based out there. They go around a lot of the Japanese garages, to buy them, looking at all like because you can't get them over here. They're so expensive in America and England. So I do watch them on YouTube. Mm. But the American Muscle Car, Vin Diesel's Dodge Charger, oh, amazing. Absolutely love it. But I would say I am probably the opposite. The first one's good. The second one's a bit crappy uh, with Tyrese because Vin Diesel's not. The third one's Tokyo Drift. I've got the fourth, fifth, and sixth on Blu-ray, and then I've not got the rest. Of, I've been to cinema to all of them. What I would say to you, Megan, there's one one bit of the whole saga which is utter bullshit from china we're talking oh, shit it's the airplane the, the fucking runway megan oh it, it's literally 20 minutes long this fucking fight scene <laughs> on a like half a mile runway and you, it's, there's, it's, there's, a, there's an airplane flying down a runway but and they're fighting to try and get it before it like takes off or anything but it's on it's the runway literally for 20 <laughs> minutes and it's i think someone worked out online that the, the runway would have to be like 13 miles long or something it's for ridiculous. how, for how yeah. long the fight scene was going on for the speed of the plane that's fine we can watch all the fast and furious films and then do like a what did we do a retrospective is retrospective that what we did that with yeah scott didn't we so we have to do it we'll, we'll, do, we'll, do, that with fast we'll do it in the year we'll do it like each month we'll do like one month and we'll watch three fast and furious movies and then We'll do that and see Megan hating on them and breaking Chris's little heart. No, but Megan, the thing is, it's a testament to your relationship because by the time you get to the runway bit, it might be all over between you and Mike because (laughs) it's utter nonsense. You may just get up and go, I'm gone. This is the way for me to find out whether I want to spend the rest of my life with Mike. There we go. It's, it's watching the Fast and Furious yes. films. I don't even like them that much, so I don't know if I'm going to frisk at this. Right. I'm going to be Dave. Mike, do your plugs. Well, you do your plug first. Um, well, I don't have a plug. My you name's do. Megan. Hello, everyone. I <laughs> don't have a podcast. I have an Instagram account where I uh, do my health and weight loss journey. And if you have a desire to follow it, it is Grits Gets Fit. This is where Mike looks at me and he's like, you need to spell it out. So it's G-R-I-T-T-S gets fit. There you Excellent. Go. <laughs> and so with me, you can find me, my show Star Wars Comics and Canon comes out every Saturday. I basically just tackle Star Wars shows, uh, or Star Wars comics rather, and I go through the narrative, talk about the connective tissue and all the other things they connect to and do character profiles and all that sort of other stuff as well. And i got my other show, Genuine Chit Chat, where I have a different guest on each episode. I've had most of the members of Comics in Motion on and our friends who are related to things. And also Megan has been on quite a few episodes as well. And i got a Patreon, which me and Megan have a little show on there too. So patreon.com slash Genuine Chit Chat. And you can find me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Thank you, guys. That was really good. Megan, I, I do like the plugs there. That was very good, that. I like it. I am Megan. Hello. Yeah, very good. Very good. I'm not that exciting of a person. Hello. No, he's brilliant. He's been really good today. He's been great to me. And if you're both here, I love talking with Mike anyway, so it's always a good chat as well. But uh, if you want to contact us, guys, at Comics in Motion P, if you want to email us, the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com. And Mike has an amazing show on the Comics in Motion feed, Star Wars Comics in Canon. Get over there. 
if you love Star Wars, you've got no excuse. And Mike knows everything about Star Wars, and he does. And we've got he does. Mike, don't don't you do you know so much? Um, he does. But um, but also we've got loads of different shows from amazing people on there as well. Um, you know, me and Dave originally did the TV and movie stuff, but there's just so many great shows on there now, and there's some more in the pipeline, I believe, as well. So mm-hmm. we're trying to actually add days into the week. Now we're actually adding new days. So it's gonna be like a ten day <laughs> week, I think, with my shows going on. So um, at some point we'll all be going off to Vegas, Megan. At some point, if we ever earn any money. That's where we're all going. So, yeah. Party. Yeah. Yeah, party definitely. Yeah. Comics in motion <laughs> party. So, yeah, brilliant. Well, no, thank you, guys. And, and now we've put the conclusion on this. It's been great to go through it. And, uh, yeah, so much fun. So, uh, right, we'll see you all next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.